Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Today's warehouse needs to keep inventory moving smoothly and quickly. Meet these challenges with on-demand warehouse labeling from Brother Mobile Solutions. Our mobile and industrial printers will help optimize your operations to achieve the speed, reliability, and durability your warehouse needs. With easy integration for existing warehouse technology, convenient portability, and upfront affordability, Brother Mobile Solutions is at your side when it comes to warehouse labeling. Try one for free today by visiting brothermobilesolutions.com slash newwarehouse or click the link in the show notes. That's brothermobilesolutions.com slash new warehouse to try one for free today. The New Warehouse Podcast hosted by Kevin Lawton is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I am joined by Harry Dre Push. He is the CEO at Amware Fulfillment, and Amware Fulfillment is a 3PL, providing fulfillment services. So we're going to talk to Harry about Amware, what exactly it is they do, how do they differ from other 3PLs that are out there in the space. And we're going to talk a little bit about brand growth and, and scaling when it comes to working with. 3PLs and, and helping on the, the fulfillment side. And we're also going to hear a little bit about Amware's approach to, to automation and robotics and how they're kind of planning to, to grow into the, the future to, to accommodate brands and, and what's happening in the marketplace. So, Harry, welcome to the show. How are you today? Kevin, it's a pleasure to be here and it's a beautiful sunny day here in Arizona. Nice, nice, nice. I'm getting a little sun here too. And I guess you can see on my video, I get a little sun in the window here in New Jersey as well. So definitely good to to connect with you and, and get you on the, the show here. So tell us a little bit about Amware Fulfillment and, and from your, your perspective, what it is that you, you guys do. Sure. Amware Fulfillment started in 1989. It was based out of Atlanta, Georgia, a couple mm-hmm. of warehouses, predominantly industrial B2B type business. Mm. About 10 years ago, we made a concerted effort to focus on e-commerce. We thought that was the space to be in. That was the future. And then I became CEO five years ago. And that's when we really started to hone in on markets that we wanted to serve, which would be nutraceuticals, health and beauty, lotions and potions, apparel. Those are the areas that we're incredibly strong in. And Amware today, we merged with the Stasi Group out of Europe. Stasi has a small presence here in the United States. They came here about three years ago with a facility in Jersey City, Mm -hmm. looking to grow their business in the U.S. market and found out that greenfielding and growing your business one customer at a time (laughs) can be painfully slow. So they looked around at what was available. And for us, it was perfect. We've got customers that 
you know, want to be in Europe. So it was a good marriage. So today the combined Stasi Amware company has 81 fulfillment centers mm. in eight countries. We've got 4,000 worldwide employees. We do about 45 million orders a year and we're approaching a billion dollars. So for nice. your audience, that's, that's interested predominantly here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've got 15 facilities, two and a half million square feet of space. We're in six major markets and we do 17 million e-commerce shipments a year. Nice, nice. That's good volume, and and definitely, I love the the strategic approach to where you said Stasi was was looking for a presence here in in the United States, and, and and you had some customers where, you know, there was opportunity for that that European distribution as well. And I think that's a, a really great way to to look at it and strategize definitely for growth. So tell us a little bit about. I'm curious about the that pivot from doing primarily. B2B to then e-commerce about 10 years ago. So tell us a little bit about how how Amware was envisioning the space and, and decided to, to move in that direction. And I'm curious mostly on, on how did the operational strategy or, or mindset change in the way that you were doing things in the facilities you had? So prior to 10 years ago, where the focus was B2B, industrial, large box retail, a typical facility could be 300, 250,000 square feet, Mm -hmm. and you might only need 20, 25 employees, and you're doing pallet in, pallet out. Occasionally, you're doing case business, and, you know, for the retailers, you're doing specific packaging. But at the end of the day, you're competing with uh, a lot of mom and pops that are out there. I mean, virtually everybody in the business was growing on the B2B sector. Mm. That's where they were getting strong. So we we looked at what Amazon was doing. We thought that was incredibly interesting. We're not Amazon. We didn't want to compete with Amazon. We saw <laughs> we saw an opportunity to come into the marketplace and you know help customers that weren't uber uber big. So let's say customers that do probably starting at 15 to 20 million in annual sales, probably Mm -hmm. 60,000 shipments a year and upward. And we saw an opportunity there to do what Amazon does not do. And that was to get same day shipments out the door, to do it in a very, very customized way. uh, And to try to understand a customer's business as to how they do it, how they ship it, how their customers expect it, as opposed to telling customers, okay, we want your shipments to come in this way. We want your product to come in this way. We want it labeled this way. We didn't ask them to do that. We asked them, what are you dealing with today? What are your challenges? You know, what we can change easily will change, but what we can't, we'll figure out a solution for it mm-hmm. and accommodate you. I don't know, Burger King, have it your way. And 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 really every customer is, <laughs> every customer is different from yeah. receiving to inbound to packaging to picking to get it out the door And so we've just developed a way to get very, very good at training people on the nuances of different customers. You know, for us in a building, a typical building will have about a dozen customers. Mm. And our associates are cross-trained on all 12, and all 12 are generally different. So you just just want to make sure that they understand, they're trained well, and we're an extension of – we're really an extension of our customers. So we, we, we saw that as a huge opportunity to take our footprint that we had, which was six, you know, six markets and kind of get, get customers closer to end users, get it out the door faster, get it delivered faster, shorter stem time, shorter cost because of the zones that you, you can put your product in. 
then it was was the right strategy. And mm-hmm. COVID, the pandemic, yeah. we were growing, but the pandemic was a tremendous, tremendous tailwind as retails right were shut down. Yeah. So people had only one way to shop and there wasn't a whole lot of activity mm-hmm. and shopping actually became an activity. <laughs> uh, I believe it's what it did. I mean, people were sitting home, do, yeah. companies were shut down, so people mm-hmm. were shopping. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you said it there and I, I was going to say it. I mean, a good decision, I, I think to, to make that pivot, I'm sure it's, it's paid off now, 10 years later with the explosion of, of e-commerce and, and like you said, the propulsion from, from the pandemic as well. But tell us a little bit about when we look at, you know, the 3PL space, I mean, you know, there's, there's a ton of, of 3PLs out there, right? So tell us a little bit about from, I guess, the Amware side, like what, what makes you different and, and what's kind of, do you think that differing factor that's allowed you to, to grow so much over the years? So it's a it's a highly fragmented industry, mm-hmm. logistics, 3PL logistics. It's oh, becoming yeah. consolidated, right? A lot of the traditional, if you will, regionals or mom and pops are finding it's difficult to compete with the, the national companies. And so they're selling. Uh, what makes Amware different is, one, is we are a fulfillment company. We we, mm-hmm. we that's what we focus on. It's what we do. We're not looking to do the big box, big accounts. If it's omni-channel, we'll entertain it. We'll do it. As I mentioned earlier, it's very, very specific, very tailored to your needs. But mm-hmm. I'd like to say, I'd like to think we've got a family-type environment. Okay. I know all of my customers. I make it a point to be a part of meetings with my customers. All of my customers have my direct cell number. I return every phone call I receive same day. Mm-hmm. And so while it's not necessary for customers to call me per se, mm-hmm. it's always nice to know the top dog in a company. If I need something, if I've got a special event coming up, if yeah. I just need to make sure that the, the people doing the work are resourced, have what they need. It's nice to make a phone call and say, look, Harry, big projects coming up, critically important to us. We're on Good Morning America, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever we're on Oprah, whatever that promotion may be. We just need to make sure that we adhere to the rules. We get the product out. We get it right. So we're able to accommodate our customers on on a customized and on a personal scale. And the culture of the organization is such that we're partnering. Mm-hmm. We do believe that we're partners. We we do want to be long-term with all of our customers. We want to understand their business. We want to not be an impediment. We want to help them grow. We want to understand strategically, where do you want to take your business? Let us get ahead of the curve yeah. as opposed to catching up and finding out, you know, hey, things are you know really growing quickly, a, a little bit out of control. Let's get it back under control. Instead, where are you going? What are the promotions this year? What are your, what are your sales goals this year? Mm-hmm. You know, what are, what are your goals vis-a-vis parcel spend and, and delivery? And just really understand what our customer's business is all about. So we're just not sterile, you know, getting boxes in and out of a building. We're yeah. we're adding value along the whole supply chain. Hmm. Interesting. And I think that's a, a great way to be in it. And you mentioned something there about being a, a partner, which I think is such a, a key as a as a 3PL to be, like you said, an, an extension of, of that brand and being able to work with them, you know, closely through through those different periods of growth. Like you said, they're going to be on Good Morning America. And, you know, this is like a, a huge deal for them all of a sudden. And, you know, they're about to experience probably a, a wave of, of growth or some sort of, of hyper growth. In, in a sense. So, I, I mean, for, and I think, you know, we talked about the pandemic as well. I think not only did, you know, e-commerce kind of 
explode in, in general, but I, I think a lot of e-commerce brands kind of uh, found their their way through the pandemic as well because you know they got more more visibility and and a lot of people started brands during that time as well. So for people that are brands that are looking to you know scale more and are, are looking at these opportunities and like they're going to be on a, a special show or, or they have a special promotion or they've been featured somewhere or something that's going to all of a sudden take them to the next level. I, I mean, talk to us a little bit about how partnering with a three PL like Amware Fulfillment can can help that brand get through that growth and, and help them to really scale to take them to that that next level. So we'll start with something as simple as a service level agreements with our customers. And, mm-hmm. and obviously everybody talks KPIs, right? Key performance yeah. indicators and measuring those things that are really important and will help your business grow. So we'll start with those. And then we'll just move on to, again, as I mentioned before, goals of the company. How many promos are you going to have this year? And, you know, it sounds so academic and it sounds so basic to just Mm -hmm. discuss that. But there are customers out there who are reticent to do that for various reasons. Well, you know, if I tell you that I'm going to have a promotion in three weeks, uh, I might damage my sales now. People will hold off and they'll wait for three weeks for the promotion, and we don't want it to leak out. If we tell you, we're not sure if that'll get out, not mm-hmm. get out. So we'll damage sales now, and then we'll, you know, customers will wait for three weeks. We'll inundate the business. So there are there are customers who still have a little bit of that thinking. Yeah. I think we've moved them out of that because of a uh, that we can handle information confidentially, and we can ramp up and prepare. And that's that's the key: is good communication. The key is trust. We're not a vendor. We're a partner. We're here to facilitate where you need to go. So if you are having that promotion, what are you thinking of in terms of the success rate? What is it going to be like from an order perspective? You know, when is the additional product coming in? How is it coming in? How much space will you need? I mean, we really, really try to plan as much of the event as we possibly can down to what we're looking at from inbound, what we're looking at for outbound, what we're looking at for timing. And then what do we need for people? How soon do we need to get them on board and trained? So we'll, we're, we're like your caterer. If mm-hmm. you, if you tell me you're going to have a big event, a lot of people are going to show up, <laughs> but you don't tell me how many meals I need to make or prepare yeah. for. It's going to be hit and miss. Yeah. But if we can sit down and collaborate, and if you don't know, I mean, we'll look at, we'll look at past history with you. We'll look at mm-hmm. you know, where you've done it before. We'll look at what other customer success rates have been in the environment you're in. You know, your mileage may vary, but we can get pretty close uh, and, you know, uh, pulling off a successful event and having social media, which is what keeps all of my customers up at night, right? Uh, that yeah. review comes on social media. Uh, <laughs> we read them as well. We want to make sure that yeah. whatever is written on social media is written positively, that it was a great experience, mm-hmm. that things came when they should come. They got filled as they should be filled and no damage. And it's right. Uh, and everything on social media is two thumbs up and great. I mean, that's that's the home run. That's the grand slam in the business. Mm. And so we're acutely aware of the impact and the pressures that our customers are under to deliver. It's not because they're trying to be bad guys. I mean, mm-hmm. again, social media rules, right? You can ask me post-pandemic and we'll talk about that. But yeah. ultimately, that that's how we, we help customers go through hyper-growth, through planning, through good mm-hmm. communication. And we'll get them set. We'll have the materials that they need. We'll have the equipment that they need. We'll have the technology that will support that growth. And you don't miss a beat. 
Step, step, step. Do you know how many steps your warehouse workers are taking a day? When your workers are walking, you're losing money. Endless trips to the printer or computer add up fast. Newcastle's mobile industrial carts with integrated power eliminate the walking to stationary printers and computers, keeping workers focused on high value tasks. Often, doubling their output thousands of powered cart installations including ones at the new warehouse's own micro fulfillment center and in my previous jobs prove that newcastle customers get more done and save money to learn more head to newcastle sys.com that's newcastle sys.com yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great thing. And, and like you said, the, the communication is, is so key. I mean, even I used to, to work for a large company before, and I, I won't say their name here, but, you know, we had a B2B distribution and, and e-commerce distribution under the same roof and and we had to like subscribe to their, their mailing list or so we would know when they were going to have a sale because they wouldn't, they wouldn't always communicate, like you said, right away. And it was like, oh, we would see... Boom, that, that email come in the morning that there's a, like a sale today. And okay, now we know like, okay, we got to move all this staff over to the e-commerce side to, to support that. But, you know, oftentimes if that can happen and, and you need to ramp up quickly, um, you may not have the, that flexibility. And then, like you said, you may not be able to, to get all those orders out in the same time. So, I mean, having that communication and, and partnership with your, your 3PL is, is certainly a, a key factor in being able to, to navigate through that growth because they're there to, to help you and, and get through that and, and handle all that operation side. So, so you really don't have to worry about it. You can handle and, and focus on the, the marketing and promotion, right? I will, I will, I will add this, that uh, sure. I've been in the logistics field for 40 years mm-hmm. and what I've learned, I've dealt with many of the fortune 50 companies, GE, Kimberly Clark, Procter and Gamble is IBM. Great companies communicate greatly. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to the associates, the employees of what you might consider a great company, FedEx, UPS, they're all on the same page. Right. They understand the mantra. They understand what we're trying to do. Uh, and when you convince your customer that they're in the tent with you, there are no surprises. There are less disappointments as a result. Gee, I didn't know. I mean, you just don't go down that that path. You're just always aligned and in sync and working together. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a great point. It's, it's so important to to be able to have that communication and and be a real partnership, like you said, that you guys strive to be. So we've talked about kind of the the huge leap that the pandemic kind of created for, for e-commerce and, and how that's kind of exploded not only the, the e-commerce business, but then also the, the 3PL fulfillment side as well, trying to capture all that business and, and fulfill all those orders. Now that we're kind of, I would say, definitely out of the pandemic, hopefully, right? Uh, you know, a couple of years later here, I mean, how, how are you seeing the, the fulfillment market now? Because I, I think there's a lot of, you know, especially coming into 2023 here, you know, there's some economic uncertainties and, you know, all these people are having predictions about things dropping off or market corrections and all this stuff. But I, I mean, what do you, what are you guys actually seeing at Amware? I mean, how is the e-commerce volume? How is the e-commerce market market doing? We'll be back after a quick break. 
You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So we're still seeing good growth. We're seeing good growth from our customers. Everybody obviously had trepidation with inflation, you know, uncertainty, but, you know, the market continues to uh, perform okay. Mm -hmm. My customers continue to grow their business. I think the pandemic taught us that shopping online, which was not the norm, became the norm Mm -hmm. because there was no other way to do it. And so... You know, younger people, I I don't want to get myself in trouble here from a human resource perspective, millennials and whatnot, (laughs) always were were strong with technology. Mm -hmm. Listen, when I was growing up, the thing was, if you wanted to, if you struggled with your VCR, call your eight-year-old and he'll figure it out for you. I mean, you know, the newer generation adapted and accepted technology without an issue. It was people that were probably in my age group Mm -hmm. that struggled with buying online and, you know, what do you mean? And, you know, it's complicated. And the pandemic taught us the necessity. If you wanted to get something, you were going to have to figure out how to order online. Oh, yeah. So you had a whole new, you know, the world opened up to a whole new market of, of seniors, if you will, and older people who didn't use technology mm-hmm. to start using technology in a way that hadn't been before. So it's great for uh, 3PLs. It's great for e-tailers because that's now the norm. And so again, we we're we're seeing it strong now. It also showed other 3PL logistics companies that hey, fulfillment is the way to go. That's mm. where the growth is. So everybody now started to jump in the fulfillment business, and the fulfillment business can be very labor intensive. So as I mentioned earlier, right. if you're doing B two B business, you can have a half million square foot warehouse run by twenty people, fifteen people. Yeah. You know, a typical building for me today is about 150,000 square feet and employs about 100 people. Yeah. So you you can see the delta right there. So mm-hmm. the, the the you know, the pandemic also, people weren't going out. I mean, it really created a labor situation where, you know, labor was tight, very, very tight. Even getting temporary employees became very difficult to get. So that drove us into another area that, you know, technology mm-hmm. and robotics and how can you make people more efficient or more importantly, those tasks inside of a warehouse that are rote, mm-hmm. you know, how can you have robotics or other technology perform those simple tasks and free up people to do the more complicated value added services? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And and like you said, I, I mean, I have seen too where, you know, a lot of people are, are moving into the, the fulfillment space and, you know, trying to grab some of that, that market share that that's out there and the, the opportunity, which I think is, is interesting, but um, you know, it's certainly vastly different from the, the B2B world, as you mentioned, you know, it's more labor intensive. You have some, 
kidding that you have to do more high touches, more, you know, individual piece and, you know, different location setups, layouts, all, all different types of things like that. And it, it's interesting too. I mean, you touched on something that I think, you know, a lot of people have, have struggled with in our space over the past couple of years is, is that labor issue. And, and we're seeing more and more automation and robotics come out. And I think we were, you know, we were seeing it pre pandemic and, you know, but I think the, the pandemic kind of accelerated that push for companies to start to invest in that. And, and also for the solution providers to make it more accessible for, for businesses as well, to be able to figure out how can they, you know, reasonably allocate the, the resources to, to bring these things in. Um, so I'm curious on Amware side. I mean, I mean, how have you been approaching? Because you guys have been around for for quite some time since 1989, and you know, obviously, we've seen technology grow and evolve over time. How are you approaching all of these new solutions that are coming to the market in terms of automation and robotics? Have you been implementing any of these? What What does that look like for Amware? We've we've got a group of individuals that do nothing but analyze okay. and implement technology. So some of the some of the technologies that we've been looking at now, you know, I'll tell you, forty years ago there weren't computers in warehouses. Believe it or not, we using yeah. spreadsheets and pad and paper to keep things. Today, obviously, couldn't survive doing that with the speed of what has to take place. So we use drone technology in some of our facilities to help us do inventory checks and cycle counts, where we used to have an individual, a man in a machine, and we might have several of those in a warehouse. Today, we're using, we're flying drone, and they call them missions. So we fly mm -hmm. drone missions at night. They actually automatically fly. We preset the locations that we want checked, counted, cycle counted, whatnot. So we've displaced a few people in a warehouse with, with drone technology. Some of the simple technology that's available to, to, to most customers and most people who want to who wanna do it themselves, mm -hmm. you get in the basics of automatic tapers, uh, power conveyors, labeling machines, shrink wrap machines. That, that's the basics that you have that augment what people do. We use robotics now. 50% okay. of the expense in a warehouse, of the labor that you expend in a warehouse is just travel. Yeah. Traveling to and from locations, traveling to packing stations. Uh, so we use robots today to do the traveling for associates. We keep them in a zone where they're productive and they pick. And the robots accompany them in a zone. And the company, the robots move on to the next zone. And then this allows people to just stay stationary, be very effective, and the robots take the product to a pack station or a, a complete station, a QC station, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. uh, and then they come back with with boxes to, for the next batch. So right. they don't get tired, they don't call in sick. Um, you know, they they they're doing the the functions that are not value added, but they cut costs down, they increase productivity, and they save a ton of time. In addition to that, we have voice actuated picking in some of our facilities that is in multi-languages. So mm -hmm. a good portion of our workforce, probably about 65% is Hispanic speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, many of them only speak Spanish. So to be able to have voice actuated picking where they're receiving directions in their own language, comfortable to work with, very short learning curve, you know, so they're able to come on board and, and add value quickly and come up to speed very, very quickly. We use things like pick to light. Mm. Right. That make it easy for a picker. Just the light lights up, tells you to pick two of these yeah. again that, you know, it makes it easy for them. They're not looking at 15, 16, 18 digit SKU numbers trying to match those up. 
So that's some of the technology that we've employed. There's more we're looking at. And the reason, you know, the, the, the reason that we can afford to do it is one is, you know, I have a, have a 200 customer base that I can spread my cost over so that no one customer necessarily gets burdened with the cost of this. Yeah. You can share the cost. Uh, whereas if you're an individual, you're a small business, maybe you're doing 20, 30 million of distribution. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the sum total of your business, which is a nice business. Yeah. But now you're starting to look at technology and that can be cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. You can't justify it. You're not quite big enough. You don't need it full time. You know, how do you get that on a part time basis? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that and being part of a, a $1 billion entity that wants to be, you know, leading edge and, wants to take advantage right. of what's out there. Again, all in the name of keeping our customers and keeping our logistics costs very competitive, mm-hmm. which makes it competitive for, for our customers to go to market. You know, that's that's how we approach automation and technology. And it's evolving very, very quickly, right? Everybody's talking yeah. AI today. That's that's right. going to be the next wave. And again, we're, we're, we're not looking... We're not looking to necessarily displace people. We're looking to augment people. And mm-hmm. if we didn't have such a challenge in in getting people, you might look at it a little bit differently. But, right. you know, the laws of physics don't cease to exist in a warehouse. You can only fit so many people into a space. And as customers' yeah. business grow, you can't necessarily just double the, the workforce because you may not be doubling the footprint. Mm. So you've got to figure out how to get more efficient, how to get technology to support you and help you. It can't just be about people. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's interesting, you know, the investment that you guys have made so far in the, this technology and, and automation and, and the robotics as well, especially the drones too. And I'm curious from a brand's perspective or potential clients, I mean, are you seeing now that brands or, or clients are, are asking if you have automation or robotics? I mean, is that something that's becoming important to them? Yes, absolutely. I don't think I have. I don't think I have a client who doesn't ask about it. Uh, and th- they may ask about it for a couple of reasons. One is mm-hmm. right. They see the ability to manage technology as as a core competence for this type of business. It's important. Right. You know, they don't want to walk into a warehouse and see three hundred people, paper all over, people picking and <laughs> you know trying to sort things. Yeah, they, it doesn't look. instill confidence yeah. when you see that. But, you know, if you can if you can walk into a warehouse and it looks like the bridge of the Starship Enterprise, people say, wow. I mean, they're just they're just impressed, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes falsely, un- unfortunately. But, yeah. you know, they, they're nonetheless impressed because technology is the future. It is it is the way to go. If you're not there today, I don't know that anybody wants to be the beta for that. They'd like to understand where it's being used, how you're using it. How mm-hmm. would it apply to my business? I think the customers that are coming in today are very sophisticated. Uh, you know, there's so much information available on the net and on the web and seminars and whatnot and podcasts such as your own mm-hmm. that inform them that they come in with a list of knowing what they want and what to ask for. And I'm very impressed by that because that's how you that's how you you cement the partnership and that's how you yeah. grow together. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it's interesting too, because even talking to the, some solution providers and other people at Promat recently, and, you know, they're saying the same thing, like the customers and, and brands are coming like very much more educated than like a few years ago, where it was more just like, oh, like, you know, what's out here in the market, like they're coming and saying like, 
oh yeah, like this, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. Like, this is what I need basically right instead. And I think that's a, it's a great thing because it, it's certainly helpful for, for them to, to navigate, I think the space as well, but then it's also helpful for, you know, people like you too, to really understand like, okay, this is really what the customer needs instead of going in one direction. And then, you know, a couple of months down the road, you realize like, well, uh, well, actually I think what you guys need is, is this, right? So I, I think that's a really interesting thing and it, it's great to see how that's coming into to play and, and being adopted into the the space. So the really interesting insights here with you, you Harry, and, and really enjoyed talking to you about these different types of things and, and hearing more about Amware as well. I'm curious from a 3PL perspective, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, obviously there's, there's tons of 3PLs out there. We talked about for a lot of people, you know, for some independent 3PL owners that are kind of coming into the market and, and trying to grow their business. I mean, what's, what's one piece of advice you would give them or one takeaway you would give them from the episode here? Find your niche, find what it is. You can't be all things to all people. And the hardest thing is to narrow it down. And, and I think it's kind of interesting. The biggest pushback I got internally mm. when I said, we're going to focus on nutraceuticals, health and beauty and apparel is if, you know, well, what if someone comes to us with an electrical product? Mm. I said, well, if someone comes to us with a business opportunity, we always look at a business opportunity for viability. It mm. doesn't mean it doesn't mean we won't do it. It just means with limited resources that you have as a business, as an operator, focus that limited amount of capital that you have, money you have, expertise you have to try to draw in the people that you have the best chance of partnering with. But if someone wants to drop a bag of money on my driveway, if someone wants to come to me and say, listen, I heard you guys are unbelievable. You do yeah. nutrients. I want you to do my product. Mm. I mean, if someone comes to me with that, we'll sit down with them and talk to them. And if we both believe we can do it, we'll do it. But again, everybody has limited resources mm. and those resources should be used to focus on who you can attract and partner with to be successful. And it's not an exclusionary strategy. It, it, it just is a smart strategy that says, I only have so much money to spend. Mm. I'll spend it here and see what I can attract. But again, if someone by word of mouth hears about your reputation, says, look, I know you don't do picture frames or I know you don't do this, but I, I just think you're a quality house. Can we talk about it? The answer is always obviously yes. Mm. We'll, we'll talk about it. All right. Very interesting advice and, and definitely appreciate that. And, and I think it's an interesting perspective as well. So Harry's great information coming from you today on the show and really happy to have joined you and, and have you come on and, and talk about this. So if people are interested in learning more about Amware Fulfillment, how can they do that? Website, amwarelogistics.com. There's a lot of case studies there, a lot of great information that is not only specific to Amware, but specific to your type of business. And I think it's just a great starting point for your customers to take a look at and get them on the path to you know, who they want to partner with and how they want to go about logistics, in-source or outsource. All right, great. And we'll definitely put all that information at the newwarehouse.com as well so people can easily find it. So Harry, thank you so much for being on the show today. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com.
Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the new warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the new warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.